feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. It seems like the world is on fire. The U.S. State Department issuing a worldwide caution alert to Americans traveling around the globe to be aware of their surroundings, to stay fully alert, especially in locations frequented by tourists. Also, we know that the air base in Iraq has now had several multiple strikes against it. That's a U.S. air base. That happened yesterday. It also happened today. Also, a U.S. Navy ship off the coast of Yemen with the Houthi rebels were shooting out, apparently, missiles that were en route for Israel and were intercepted by a U.S. Navy ship. So in the middle of all this, there's a lot of enraged parts of the globe. They are burning American flags, burning Israeli flags. You could see the images there coming out of Beirut and also Tunisia and so many places. And yet our president had an opportunity at the Oval Office just a little bit ago in a 15-minute address to lay it all out and to explain why this is important to support Israel And why our unwavering support for Israel should be steadfast, should be resolute, and also going after Iran should be steadfast and resolute. And I contend he missed the moment. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222. Well, first off, this is cut number one, and he did say, Yeah, this is a pivotal time in the world. This was at least a good beginning, the first few seconds. We're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where the decisions we make today are going to determine the future for decades to come. And that is correct. And that's why all the mistakes that he did leading to this moment have really caused, I contend, a lot of the crisis. He was trying to make the case why Israel and Ukraine are similar situations. And as somebody who's half Polish, I am very worried, of course, about Ukraine spilling over into Poland. I'm also incredibly worried about what's going on also in Israel, too. Uh, These are both powder kegs. But you can make the case that his dismal withdrawal out of Afghanistan and his appeasing of Iran and his... Just nebulousness, the minor incursion line that he gave to Russia, all created this moment. He seems to think that he's some bystander who just happened to walk into this moment. I contend a lot of his policies have created this moment. And I didn't hear anything tonight that made me think he's going to change his policies. And in fact, they are now pushing for the new Israeli ambassador, the new U.S. one to Israel, this is a Biden nominee, is a guy named Jack Lew. He was the architect of the Iran deal under Obama, which has proven to be a dismal failure for the world, which you could contend played a lot of big parts as to why we are at this moment. 
I'm glad he finally breathed out the words Iran. I didn't even know if he knew how to spell them or say them because he hasn't said them uh, over all this time. It's so obvious that they are the biggest masterminds of terror around the globe, the biggest state sponsor. I'm glad he said the words, but he said it like, uh, okay, I got to rip and say it and now let's move on. It was so gratuitous. It had no fire in the belly. And I didn't sadly hear anything tonight that if I am somebody who wishes to do Israel harm, wishes to do Ukraine harm, wishes to do freedom-loving people around the world harm, that I would be dissuaded and I would be discouraged by anything this president said. And I agree with him. We are at an inflection point in history. If we continue weak leadership, the world's going to be in flames. This is such a pivotal moment with Israel right now, with Lebanon, as we're seeing Hezbollah fomenting up there in the north, firing missiles from the north. We have Iran saying time is up. We're having now a worldwide alert to American travelers around the globe. I would say it's a pretty serious moment in history. And our president had to make the case as to why America is at this moment, that maybe we need to change course because his policies didn't work. We were also hearing some words from the White House that he was somehow going to touch on border. He didn't even go there. And it's probably because he knows his border policy is so bad that he didn't want to even remind anybody about it. And he hasn't changed his border policy since he took office. He has done nothing but open the border and put us in harm's way by doing that. And I heard nothing tonight that changes it. And I am I am worried and I'm angry that this is our commander in chief. And this was the best he could muster at this moment. There are so many things going on through my mind tonight. And I want to hear your thoughts, everybody. one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Here he is trying to compare Hamas and Vladimir Putin of Russia because he's trying to get funds, of course, for Ukraine. It's been this drip, 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 drip of Ukraine. I contend, had he gone in full force, you don't go in and fight a war with one arm tied behind your back. You don't. You go in full throttle. My father was a prisoner of war. All right. When he was fighting against the Nazis and the Russians at the same time, they fought to the death. You go in with everything you got, even though my father was a citizen soldier. You don't go in half baked. You either go in or you don't go in at all. And this president has dripped, dripped, dripped from the very beginning. And now he wants to keep dripping in Ukraine when he should have given them if he's going to fight the war. And I think there is a reason to protect Ukraine. And I also think, especially because they border so many NATO countries for our national interest, they border Poland, they border so many of these other countries that are part of the NATO alliance, that you have to protect it because you know Putin's going to keep on going and if he could go through Ukraine. But yet, we've just done this little slow drip. Remember, the Poles wanted to give him the MiGs. The Poles were all set. And then... U.S. stepped in and said, no, we can't give it to you. So how is that for a warrior? Don't act like you're a warrior today when you haven't been one since you got in office. And I didn't hear anything tonight that sounded like a warrior who is going to defend our allies and and basically dissuade and threaten the bad guys in this world to say, listen, you don't mess with America and you don't mess with the freedom-loving world. There was nothing in this speech which really troubles me as an American and troubles me as to where we are headed.
And here he is again at this moment where he's trying to lump Hamas and Putin because he's trying to get an aid package for both, and he's lumping the two in together. And I do think he's he's trying, obviously. He had a speech, by all accounts, to try to get funds for Ukraine, and then this other new war erupted under his watch, and now he had to kind of slide in Israel. And he puts them basically on the same page. In fact, I thought the speech was like uh, 75% Ukraine, 25% Israel. And maybe not even 25% Israel because he kept talking about giving aid to the Palestinian people, which guess what? You know will get stopped and used by Hamas. So none of this makes any sense. Tell me what you think. 1-800-848-9222. And here is the president trying to lump these two together. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy, completely annihilate it. Hamas' stated purpose for existing is the destruction of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, and innocent Palestinian families are suffering greatly because of them. Meanwhile, Putin denies Ukraine has or ever had real statehood. He claims the Soviet Union created Ukraine. And just two weeks ago, he told the world that if the United States and our allies withdraw, and if the United States withdraw, our allies will as well, military support for Ukraine would have, quote, a week left to live. But we're not withdrawing. Does that sound like a guy with fire in the belly? That sounds like a guy who is drip, 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 drip. And if I'm the Israelis, I say, boy, we got to go it alone because we're not sure where this president stands in terms of supporting us and in terms of acting quickly. He has, yes, come out and said that he supports Israel. I was happy, by the way, that he also said that Israel was not responsible for the hospital uh, explosion that took place in Gaza City. That was important that he reiterated it because so much of the Arab world is saying that despite the evidence to the contrary and despite what Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and these others say, I'm glad he said that. But it wasn't strong enough and the support for Israel wasn't clear enough. It wasn't the headline. People are worried that the Mideast is on the verge of a massive, massive war. They're already at war. It is about to explode. And it looks like Israel is on the verge of a ground invasion at any moment. And this is the best our president can muster. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Aaron uh, in Israel. Go ahead, Aaron. I understand you're listening in. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Where are you in Israel? I'm by the border from Gaza and Israel. I'm an IDF soldier. Oh, my. Well, by the way, thank you for calling in. And we love you and we're with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for all your support. I'll just speak on the thing of the president. We He's giving over $100 million, I think, as I heard from the other soldiers. I don't have a real good connection over here. And he's giving over to the Palestinians. When not just Hamas came in, their militants, the Gaza citizens came in to kill our brothers and sisters. We're not talking over here just soldiers. We're talking over here citizens of the Palestinian 
country came into our country and killed our brothers and sisters, not men, women, and children, beheaded babies that I saw with my own eyes. So nobody should come and tell me that the money's going to go to Gaza just to their citizens. Just to their citizens. It's gonna, the, the Palestinians are the same exact. They were taught in school to kill Jews, nothing else, just Jews. So what do you have to say about that? that president Biden, the president of the United States, is supporting terrorism. You know, Aaron, I'll tell you, there are a lot of Americans who agree with you in the sense that sending $100 million right now, I agree with you. There is no guarantee that it's not going to end up in Hamas's hands. Um, and it's just like the president making that comment about the $6 billion that was going to be unfrozen, remember, to Iran, which is sponsoring Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. So what do people there, Aaron, what, what do the folks in the IDF uh, feel about uh, in terms of American support? Obviously, the American people support you overwhelmingly. Um, but what do you think about uh, the leadership from this president and what more can we do to help you? He was exceptional good. This American people, first of all, we would like to thank all of you for, our, for your support, for all our IDF soldiers. All our brothers and sisters, all Jewish communities around the world that would like to thank you all. And for the president, he was exceptional good till now from when the war started. He was exceptional good till he announced this $100 million, giving over to terrorism. That's what everybody's upset about. What the hell is a person, a president supporting? He supported Iran already. Now he sees what happened with Iranian money, with American money going to Iran. Now he's even giving them more money to support them even more. That's what everybody's upset. But everybody's happy with American people. They are supporting us all the way. We are going to go in to this Gaza and wipe out every militant and get back our hostages, no matter if the hostages from France, from from America, from anywhere. They are brothers and sisters, and they will be saved by us, by our own hands. And we will wipe out these militants. Anybody that hates us, we will wipe out. Um, Aaron, I, I do want to ask you, because there are a lot of reports and everybody, we're talking to Aaron, Aaron who's there in Israel uh, with the IDF right there on the border of Gaza. There are reports tonight, Aaron, uh, that the Israeli defense minister is saying that you guys will soon see the inside of Gaza. Get ready. Is there a sense that we're, what, hours away or days away? What What is the sense from you guys in the IDF? We are minutes away. It could be any moment. That's what we are being told. Any moment we should have our gear ready because any moment we can go into war. And how do you feel about that? We are scared, but we're happy to help the Jewish people around the world because this is only a war for Judaism. It's not a war. They killed every single individual they killed was because they're Jewish. They didn't kill anybody else. Only one reason. Because you're Jewish, we kill you. Like the Nazis did to us. In World War II, the same exact thing they're doing to us. So we are ready to go fight them all the way. We are nervous. Yes, we are scared because these people are ready to die for themselves. We are not ready to die. We want to come home still to our families. But those people want to kill, and they're ready to die for anything. If we are scared, yes, but we will fight them, and we will bring them down all the way. And I'll be honest with you, I'll be happy if the Israeli state of Israel 
Prime Minister Netanyahu and his whole team takes back Gaza, takes back Gush Katif. Yeah, you have to go in and get rid of Hamas for sure. There is no question. Um, so you're they're literally just waiting at this moment. Uh, what when you say minutes, could it be tonight? Could it be uh, you know in the next few hours? When what is your sense of time? They came in before to us and told us that they got the green light from everywhere and they're ready to go in. It's now it's up to the army to tell us to our sergeants, to our commanders, just to tell us get your troops on and go in. So it could be minutes. It could be moments. Could be moments. Well, Aaron, uh, we are with you. America's with you. Um, we know that the Israeli Defense Forces, you guys are the best of the best. Um, and you are, as you said, also fighting not just evil that has been leashed against you, but leashed against the world. And we're rooting for you every step of the way. And we hope all of you guys come back safely. We hope you get the hostages uh, and get the bad guys in the process, too. Uh, you got to call back again soon, Aaron. We'd love to hear from you. And, and again, our prayers are with you as you go into what will be a really difficult fight. We love and appreciate you, Aaron. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you so and much. We love you. We love the American people. Thank you. And bless Israel. God bless Israel. God bless freedom, Aaron. Thank you so, so much. Wow. Uh, Aaron, an IDF uh, fighter right there on the border. You just heard minutes away. We'll take your calls more after the break, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. want to say uh as you guys just heard live here on the show how powerful to hear from aaron who is part of the israeli defense forces getting the green light the army being told you will be going in at any moment to go slaughter hamas and go into gaza the ground invasion is expected to begin literally at any moment. And we're so honored to have Aaron and all of the folks there listening at the Israeli Defense Forces there, right there on the border of Israel and Gaza, listening in. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. We are rooting for you. We know that you are in the fight of your life for the future of your country. Um, and we're so thankful. I'm so thankful that you just called into the show. I'm so moved. And I know you just said you're scared, but the world is with you. We are rooting for you. You are fighting for Israel, but you're fighting for freedom all over the globe. And we're going to be keeping you in our prayers. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a story coming from Kensington, Maryland, where two people were rescued from a car that drove off a parking garage in Montgomery County, Maryland. 
and it happened in the afternoon. Montgomery police and rescue personnel responded to the scene for the report of a traffic collision. Once they got there, they located a car that had driven off the side of a parking garage. That's pretty scary stuff. Assessing what happened, the police immediately worked to make sure that the car was secure, then successfully got the driver and the passenger out of the vehicle and back to safety. The Monroe County Rescue said the drop was anywhere from 10 to 20 feet high, and had the car dropped, it could have overturned and landed on its roof. Apparently, the accident appears to have involved a teenager learning how to drive with their parent. Thankfully, nobody was injured, and police are continuing to investigate the incident. Uh, But thank goodness that law enforcement was there just in the nick of time to save that parent and that child. Well, we are talking about what looks like a ground invasion about to happen at any moment. Israel going into Gaza. We've heard reports, and we were just talking to Aaron, who's there with the Israeli Defense Forces, right there on the front lines on the border of Gaza, being told what also has been coming out publicly, too, that essentially a ground invasion is set to begin at any moment. Many people thought uh, that it would happen after Biden or around the same time, Biden going over there and visiting. And he has been saying that America is with Israel. And he was clear on that, uh, saying that we support Israel. He also said tonight, listen, I repeat again, that Israel didn't play a role in that explosion in the hospital, even though Hamas and others around the world are claiming they did, even though there's that intel intercepted. But they're using it for propaganda to try to drum up the Arab world, the Muslim world. Uh, And so are some members of Congress, the squad, uh, Rashida Tlaib and these others, which I think is just despicable. And one of the points that Aaron just brought up, and, and it's something that is really rubbing so many people the wrong way, is that President Biden, he reiterated this tonight in his speech, that they are getting humanitarian aid to Gaza. Now, nobody has a problem with helping the Palestinian people who have nothing to do with Hamas and are obviously, and those there that may be sympathetic, hopefully, to Israel and obviously, hopefully, are disgusted by what Hamas did to Israel. But the fact remains, there are a lot of people that are inside there that are actually supportive of Hamas. They were elected there in Gaza. And sadly, the people of Hamas are putting a lot of these people. They're working with a lot of these people. They're also using them as human shields. So there's a lot of layers to this that get very, very intricate. And how can you guarantee when this president was like, oh, trust us, the $6 billion that we're going to give to Iran, remember that they were unfreezing? We will monitor it closely. Not a drop will come. It's always going to be for humanitarian aid. Give me a break. You know what's going to happen. Some agency is going to say, oh, yeah, it's for humanitarian aid, and then they're going to use it for Hamas. And a lot of these U.N. agencies, there was a report the other day, it was like $800 million dollars. The U.S. has given to this one particular agency that preaches hate against Jews that also has helped Hamas. It's not like the U.N. has really been on the ball on any of this, and they still have yet to declare Hamas a terrorist organization. The U.S. has, but the U.N. has not. I mean, that's astounding. What more do you need to know that these guys are brutal, vicious, horrible people? Look what they did to Israel. Look what they've done through the years. 
it is clear they're a terrorist organization. And I agree with Israel. They need to be wiped off the face of this earth. And how can you trust that anybody coming into Gaza, even if it's with noble intentions to help the Palestinians in there, how can you trust that it's not going to be used by Hamas? There's no guarantee. There's absolutely no guarantee, especially in the fog of war. There is zero guarantee. In fact, I'd bet that they are going to use it. And yet President Biden, when he reiterated it tonight, just a little bit ago, made it sound like, oh, no, we're going to make sure that it ends up in the good Palestinians' hands. It's not going to show up in Hamas's hands. And if anybody believes that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. And I totally understand why people like Aaron, the IDF fighter who called us, was very upset about it. Because they feel like there were a lot of people that crossed over, by the way. There are reports that there weren't just Hamas, that they were just kind of random Palestinians who were angry at Israel and were part of this killing machine that took place. So how do you know who's the good guys, who's the bad guys? There's also reports that there are 600,000 people within Gaza that are supportive of Hamas. There is 2.2 million people. So do the math. 600,000 that support Hamas out of the 2.3 million. Now, about half a million have left northern Gaza. So you would imagine a lot of the people that haven't left, most of them are probably pretty supportive of Hamas or they're being blocked in. That could also be because Hamas is blocking people in and using them as human shields and telling them they can't leave. But the reality is there's probably a lot of them who are also sympathetic. So... My point tonight is God bless Israel, and I don't blame them for being concerned that Biden is announcing this $100 million humanitarian aid package to Gaza and the West Bank at a time right now where he should say, we're not going to give you a dime until you give over those hostages, not just the Americans, but the Israeli ones as well. If you give us those, then maybe we'll figure out something. Then, Then you could understand. But to get zero in return... This is continuing the Biden message of appeasement. And here's what he said when he announced that and talked about that humanitarian package. Again, Hamas won't touch it. Trust me. I'm Joe Biden. Trust me. The people of Gaza urgently need food, water and medicine. Yesterday, in discussions with the leaders of Israel and Egypt, I secured an agreement for the first shipment of humanitarian assistance from the United Nations to Palestinian civilians in Gaza. If Hamas does not divert or steal this shipment, these shipments, we're going to provide an opening for sustained delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians. So if Hamas doesn't steal the first one, the shipments will just keep on coming. Come, 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 and we're just going to be so sure that Hamas doesn't have the shipments. How are you going to monitor that, Mr. President? This is rewarding the bad guys. This is giving them money that they should be doing to fix the infrastructure. They have money. Just why don't they ask Iran? You know, if they really care about their own people, maybe they'll ask Iran, uh, who's funding Hamas, to give development money and food and water and all that stuff to the people there in Gaza. Because they don't want to do it because they don't care about their own people. You know, that that's where they need to start separating and saying, OK, good Palestinians, you guys have to rise up against Hamas. Let's do it together. All freedom loving people around the world. But suddenly giving money that, you know, is going to end up in Hamas, even though saying it's not. That is insane. 
two, two. Um, let's go to Robert, line five in Philly. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, it's good to talk to you again, Rita. Um, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I have a one of my children is on the Ford. And I think that our task force did a really good job today. And while I'm scared that she is over there, um, I know that she'll do her job. And I know that we will accomplish what we want to accomplish over there. And I'm not a religious guy, but when I look at the empirical data and I see that um, Israel doesn't have oil, but their citizens have the highest standard of living in the region, okay? Israel um, is the only stable, democratically elected government over there. When Palestinian civilians die because Israel did something, which is always retaliatory, Every time Israel goes in, it's retaliatory, okay? But, um, this, you know, when civilians die, that is unfortunate collateral damage, whereas with Hamas, dead Jewish civilians is the goal, okay? I don't see any equivocation here, and I, for, for once, see an actual good guy versus a bad guy. And all I'm hoping is while she will always be sweet pea to me, <laughs> she will do her job and America will do its job. And I really hope that Israel prevails in this. And again, I'm not religious. I don't have a religious stake in this. This is just sanity, normalcy. One of the few places in the world that's, that's, that's like a strong democracy. And I think that us supporting that, we are supposed to be the arsenal of democracy, are we not? Yes, we are. And, 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 you know, by the way, first off, Robert, thank you for your daughter's service, too, um, who you said is on the USS Gerald Ford that's yes, there sir. in theater. Um, I always love your calls, Robert, and now I love you even more now that I know that you're uh, come from uh, with a great military daughter. Um, are you in the service, by the way, Robert? Uh, we have six generations, um, and I was the only one that didn't go Navy. I was in the Air Force. But, yeah, we have a long history of military so she was supposed to be home early november but it looks like that's going to be put off but we're going to hope for the best and um you know keep our fingers crossed and hope that sanity prevails over there and yeah. i'll leave it at that you know well robert you, first of all have a great night you too my friend you too and robert thank you so much first of all for six generations of service and your daughter's service as you said uh, that she is right there in theater and and I agree with you, Robert. I feel like there there isn't a gray in here. Um, Israel was slaughtered. They were butchered. Uh, there were women and children. And the maps that were seized from these Hamas terrorists and others who were the fanatics that were working alongside them, as I was just talking about, is according to multiple reports, too, that... And again, from the Palestinian side, all from, you know, Gaza, it looks like all of it originated, you know, from there, obviously with support of Iran. But going in, they also had maps. They were intending to go after a peaceful concert. They were intending to go to these villages. They were intending to hit elementary schools and locations. I mean, these people are monsters. And I agree with you. I think it is a good versus evil fight. I really do believe it's a fight for civilization. And I also think 
A, it is the right thing to do to support Israel because clearly they were slaughtered and they are now just defending themselves as we did after 9-11. But I also think it's so important strategically. Look at, as you just said, they are the only democracy uh, in that part of the world, pretty much. I mean, I'm looking at their neighbors. There's some okay ones, but uh, they are outright the democracy and beacon in a tough neighborhood. And they're our greatest ally by far in the Middle East. They're one of our greatest allies in the world. And they were just slaughtered. They were just invaded, attacked, brutalized women and children. Uh, Some of these stories that we're hearing about are just horrific body parts all over in the trees, apparently. I mean, this is brutal stuff, horrible stuff. Babies, you know, executed. They did it to shock the world. And if you don't respond... They're going to do it again. And if you don't slaughter them and eliminate them, they are going to do it again. And that's why all of this stuff of like, go slow, do this. Obviously, I don't think Israel intends to hit civilians. And I think they will do everything they can to try to minimize it. But you can't tell a country that just experienced that, uh, don't do anything. I mean, in fact, that was one of the lines tonight. I actually took exception with it. And I don't know how all of you feel about this. But at one point, the president said, don't let your rage, Israel, you know, don't get kind of consumed in rage. It was something to that extent. And I remember when he said that, I thought, how dare you? Don't you dare tell Israel how Israel is supposed to feel. He said, you know, we made mistakes after 9-11. What, we were not supposed to do payback? I mean, you could make the case about Iraq and other certain things. But what is is he trying to say, Israel, don't go into Gaza? I mean, you know, what what message does he mean by that at this moment? What is there? Israel isn't supposed to respond. How dare you, Mr. President, when you created this crisis in so many ways by appeasing Iran on so many levels and appeasing Putin? I, I think he appeased Putin by not strengthening the sanctions enough. There's still a lot of oligarchs that are not sanctioned to this day. We're 500 days into the war. And this president still hasn't sanctioned all the right people yet. Is it because Hunter was doing deals with some of them? I, you have to wonder. You wonder about the Burisma stuff. Is there something tied to Burisma? I'm going to throw it out there because I cannot conceivably understand why he's doing some of the decisions he's doing. And then he has a wide open border with a number of terrorists and people from these special interest groups, these special interest countries, I should say, like you know, Lebanon, Syria, Iran, in recent days. What a surprise. A whole bunch of them are coming over. You think they might be looking to do harm to America? Heck yeah. And our president just, just seems so out of it. And, and, and I feel like he has no sense. So I say bravo to Israel, and I hope they wipe out Hamas, not just for themselves, but for the world. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, we just heard from two military men, Aaron, calling literally on the front lines there on the Gaza border of the Israeli Defense Forces as they are getting word that the ground invasion could happen at any moment. Uh, And then Robert 
with six generations of military in his family and his daughter there on the USS Gerald Ford, which is now right there off the coast of Israel. What a powerful moment as we are waiting to see what happens next as Israel is preparing to take the fight on the ground. We have seen them pound Gaza from the sky with now about a week and a half of just constant, constant bombardment at locations that they believe are tied to Hamas. But now they know that they need to go in on the ground to get the hostages out and also root out the operatives and leaders of Hamas. And many of them may be in those tunnels. They believe that there are 300 miles, linear miles of tunnels that are underneath Gaza, where most likely many of them are hiding out and also potentially holding American and other hostages. The latest count, Israel saying uh, that they believe that there are over 200 hostages. The State Department just a few hours ago putting out that they believe it's about 11 American hostages. The death toll for Americans now reaching 32 people. The stakes right now could not be higher. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania on line five. Go ahead, Dave, your thoughts about all of this. Dave, we lost you there. Let's go to let's go to Andrew there on line six. Andrew, your thoughts. Hey, what's up, Rita? I want to say, John, thank you and your daughter and whole family for your service. And Aaron, that was you too. That was a great interview. And hopefully that Hamas was not listening. To yeah, ACC, and by the way, and by the way, hopefully he comes back safe and sound. You know, I mean, all I thought about Andrew is hearing him as he said, look, you know, was what I thought was so powerful. He said, we're scared. You know, we're nervous. We're scared. How could you not be? You're going into the eye of the monster right now. Right. And it was great hearing directly from the Israel Defense Force soldier. That's amazing. Hopefully you can have him on again. And I just wanted to ask a question. It was great that Trump had the sanctions. But I just want to say, look how far we are from the Abraham Accords and when Trump was in there. But the sanctions were great against Iran. But when Obama and Biden gave them $150 billion in cash, that seems like that would have held them over to get massive weapons. So even though Trump's sanctions were good, do you think the $150 billion, which wasn't that long ago, a few years ago, was enough to hold them over where the sanctions didn't really hurt them as much because of what Obama and Biden did? That's a great question, Andrew. I mean, I think clearly that's a lot of money that they gave them. And I think it definitely helped them tremendously. There's no doubt about it. And it also sent a message that we were a message of appeasement under Obama, Biden and more back. This is Obama, Biden, part three, I think, that we're experiencing. I do think that the sanctions by Trump definitely hurt them. And and the moment of Trump, as you talked about with the Abraham Accords, first the sanctions, because even though you get one hundred and fifty billion um, there are reports that they have been bringing in anywhere from two to three billion potentially, um, a, you know, a week. That's a lot of money. So, yes, it helped them tremendously, but they have made a lot more since Trump left office because they weren't making nowhere near that kind of money at all under Trump. And then the other issue is, too, is the fact 
that um, that they've just gotten a green light, I think, in so many ways from this president. He has not been tough enough. Uh, and Abraham Accords, um, look what's happened now. Uh, now things are really, really in a mess. It sent a message that there was good versus evil in the Middle East. And now uh, this president, I think, has blurred the line, sadly. Uh, let's go to Steve real quick in Israel. I see him calling in. Uh, Steve, your thoughts real fast. It is. Rita, thanks, David Cuomo. It's early morning, but the $100 million, well, we have hostages. You can cry that he does not. He's willing to give $100 million while there are U.S. citizens languishing, begging for our help. He should block aid until we get our hostages back. I 1,000% agree. Steve, you got to call back again soon. I'm so glad that you called in. And everybody, we're going to continue this discussion after the break. Steve, make sure you keep calling back. We agree with you 1,000%. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. President Biden's address to the nation, which just wrapped up a little bit ago. And there were some highlights, uh, but there were also a lot of lowlights. I will say I thought it was very powerful when he did reiterate that the hospital attack, we're talking about that explosion that happened at the hospital in Gaza City, and he came out and he repeated again that it was not done by the Israelis. Listen to this moment that he said in his address. Like so many other, I'm heartbroken by the tragic loss of Palestinian life, including the explosion at the hospital in Gaza, which was not done by the Israelis. And that comes as, of course, we have heard just despicable comments coming from even members of Congress in America. This is cut 34 because this is Rashida Tlaib, who again was an elected member of Congress, and she continues to spew this nasty, vile hate that is anti-Israel. I think she's unfit for office. I think her and other members of the squad that have appeared to be pro-Hamas in their rhetoric It's just been shameful, and I'm embarrassed that they are members of Congress, and you know that they're being used by Hamas and others around the world saying, hey, look, even here's a member member of Congress in America. Look what she's saying. Uh, And I think that she and others should not be in the halls of Congress. They should not be representing the American public because they don't represent our beliefs. But here is Rashida Tlaib a little bit ago with some of her hate. I'm going to be real with you all. My colleagues, many of them, I usually don't talk smack about them. No, I'm usually considerate because I don't like them policing me so that I don't police them. But as an American, not just as a member of the United States Congress, I am ashamed. I am ashamed that they're saying, not yet, maybe next week. 
Rashida, maybe, maybe in a couple of days. How many more have to die? I mean, are you kidding me? Rashida Tlaib slamming Israel, and she's an elected member of Congress. In this climate, when they've been slaughtered and brutalized, it reminds me so much of remember the Ilhan Omar after 9-11? Some people did something. Is that like what happened in Israel? Some people did something. Yeah, they came in and they slaughtered women and children and soldiers. I mean, are you kidding me? This is just abominable. Luckily, they are a small minority, but they're a shameful minority. And I find it just despicable because that kind of rhetoric is why we are seeing places around the world burning American flags, uh, you know, screaming and shouting and throwing Molotov cocktails and opening fire outside the U.S. Embassy in Beirut and elsewhere around the world. This place is a tinderbox, and you've got an American member of Congress who refuses to change her rhetoric, even though she knows the truth right now. Her own president, a Democrat, Joe Biden, repeated it tonight, and I'm happy he did. I think he needed to. He should have done it even more forceful, but he did do it. I wish he had condemned also members of the squad, because guess what? It's time to start doing that, too. you got to start calling them out. You have pro-Hamas members in your party, Mr. President. Anytime you sit there and say, oh, well, the MAGA extremists, they're nothing compared to the pro-Hamas supporters that are roaming your, your party. This, to me, is shameful. How dare he ever say, oh, well, somebody who's pushing for... Make America great again. They're a threat to democracy. I would call somebody who supports Hamas a very clear threat to democracy. Don't you ever lecture us on that again. Here is Jason Chaffetz, congressman, uh, former congressman. Here he was on Fox News earlier today talking about Rashida Tlaib and other members of the squad. Truth, facts, and intelligence have never gotten in the way of the members of the squad. Um, And I'm tired of the Democrats and President Biden, for that matter, calling out extreme MAGA Republicans as if they are so so much an extremist for wanting to balance a budget and secure our border. Those are some radical things. But when these people literally go after and, and come to conclusions and whip up a crowd that then goes to the Capitol and commits illegal acts in the Capitol, nothing. They're not called out by their own party. The, the, the media doesn't report the facts as, as, as they've come across from our U.S. intelligence operatives. There's video. There's all kinds of, of facts there. But what these people did in saying, you know, shed a tear for these children, which I think is appropriate to shed a tear. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the slaughter of, of children in Israel, Jewish children, not a tear, not a mention, no sympathy, no calling that out from them. And here is Senator Marco Rubio. Take a listen. Well, we've seen uh, evidence that she's lying and that she doesn't know what she's talking about and that she's just parroting a Hamas line. I think three things are important. We need to stop referring to the Hamas Ministry of Health. Mm. I'm sorry, to the Gaza Ministry of Health. Mm. It is the Hamas Ministry of Health. Number two, both Senator Warner, a Democrat, and I, he's the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, I'm the vice chairman, we put out a statement together. We both reviewed the intelligence available, not just Israeli intelligence, U.S. intelligence and others. 
And we are convinced that this was not an Israeli strike. There's multiple pieces of evidence that point to the fact, including video evidence, that this was a rocket that uh, malfunctioned and landed on this hospital. So, um, look, at the end of the day, she's obviously aligned with not just the Palestinian cause, but in essence has looked for ways in the past to justify violence against Jews in Israel. I think the danger here is that these aren't just annoying words. They are leading to action. We see unrest in Amman. We see unrest in Lebanon. We see growing unrest in the West Bank. Uh, we see it developing all over the world. And so when you go out and have people parroting this line that Israel is targeting hospitals, it is going to lead to ancillary violence in all these other places that actually, in many cases, begin to threaten the governments of countries that are critical to stability in the Middle East, like Jordan, like Lebanon, potentially like Egypt. That is why it is so important to kibosh that. And even people in our own party need to blatantly kibosh it and treat it like the lunatic that she is and say she is unfit for office. Because also you've got these students. There's Harvard students are holding a die-in to demand the end of the genocide in Gaza after signing that letter that blamed Israel for the Hamas attack. Who could forget that? Also, a Department of Homeland Security worker and a former Palestinian liberation spokesperson put on leave after praising Hamas terrorist attacks and saying, blank you, Israel, we're ready for your downfall. Uh, What is this person even doing at the State Department? How could these people get into administration at schools or be students at schools and get into the Department of Homeland Security? What kind of vetting are they doing there? That is insane. These people, we got to root them out. And I have no problem with some of these now law firms that are saying we're not going to hire somebody from Harvard or we're not going to hire people. We're going to put out this list. And if it turns out that they were spewing hate, that we don't want to hire them. I actually think that's appropriate. I know there's some people who feel like, oh, well, they're students, whatever. No, they're adults. They're young adults. And they need to know that their actions have consequences. Their words have consequences. And what they're saying is so hateful and so disgusting that I actually think it says a lot about their moral character. I don't know about all of you, but when I was in high school, I wasn't going around saying, you know, death to Israel and glorifying Hamas. I can promise you that. That to me is like, this is insane. And anybody who says, I don't want to hire somebody like that because it says a lot about who they are as a person, I say bravo to them. Bravo, bravo, bravo. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania on line four. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Well, you know, you kind of touched on it. Uh, before, and that is when's the Democratic Party and Joe Biden and call out these radical leftists, the squad, for their anti-Semitic and uh, pro-hatred of Israel. And it won't happen because, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they know that the pro-BDS, anti-Semitic, China financially affiliated news media will provide cover and will dilute this, and it'll be just a bad moment that will pass. And they're banking on that, and they don't want to offend anybody. So they're going to just do this little pandering, couple words here, there, token, sentimental uh, rhetoric, and then that's it. Guess what, and Dave? Dave, can I say one thing? We won't forget. Sure. And I think, I think, I think, I hope you're wrong, and and I, I'm sure you hope you're wrong too. That it's a flash sure. in the pan because 
I think there will be lasting repercussions. And I think there are so many people that are just so uh, viscerally offended by this. And, and even Democrats. I mean, you look at some people who were donating that were on the boards of some of these universities. And they've said, we're pulling out a huge amount of money that they were funding universities and saying, okay, no more after this. I mean, I think there's a lot of places that will really feel the pain uh, because it's so disgusting. And I think even people in the Democratic Party, there's a lot of people that are just so viscerally disgusted that, you know, I think they'll think twice about ever standing next to Rashida Tlaib at any sort of rally, no matter what it is. Don't you? Well, I, I agree, Rita, and I hope. You know, we should celebrate those people and we should get get them more public recognition because I hear that there's people doing, but I want I want to see we should see more specific examples and let it be again, celebrate or recognize more to show that, yeah, this is truly uh, an outrage and it's not going to be tolerated anymore because it's absolutely absurd. I agree. I agree. Dave, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Lauren, line seven. Uh, Lauren, do you agree as well? Hi, uh, you can't not agree to this. This is just pure insanity. I mean, she's the equivalent of yelling fire in a movie theater. And who's getting away with that? And you think anybody could just walk away and say these things? She's toxic. She's full of hate. She's inciting crowds. I mean, these are not qualities that I imagine that a congressperson, let's call it, or Congress, any man or woman, could be allowed to get away with in this day and age. But the one thing I do want to say is... um, that how is it, it so, seems so logical. We're not allowed to say the word Iran, of course, the country Iran. That's like a, you know, a secret private word that no one's allowed to utter, especially Biden and everybody in the cohorts. But why is it that Iran has billions of dollars at their disposal and they don't seem it, deem it necessary that they should take care of their Palestinian suffering brothers in Gaza? Why is it on America to take this obligation when they're holding our hostages to pay for humanitarian, let's say, quote unquote, humanitarian aid, because we all know that that where that money is going. But why is it on America to worry about this? Yes, we feel bad for them. But Iran is the one who caused this problem in the first place. Why is it now that we have to pay? Iran made enough money off our backs already in the last few years. This is absolutely outrageous that America even has to step to the plate to even bur- uh, uh, take the burden of this. For Israel, yes, they're our ally. But why are we also giving money when Iran is fully capable? They have hundreds of billions of dollars. Why are they not sending money to their brothers, their suffering brothers who are suffering from genocide, et cetera, et cetera? I agree, Lauren. And, you know, the thing is, and you and I both know the answer because they just don't care. Uh, they only care about their mission. They don't care about their brethren. And you know what also, I, I think it's also important to call out some others too, obviously not in the League of Iran. I don't mean to put them in the same league. But there are a couple other Arab nations out there, uh, some that border, by the way, Israel. Why are they not taking in these other people who are fleeing? Uh, and you could make the case that there are a lot of, there are peaceful Palestinians that are fleeing desperately the situation. They took the warning of Israel to say, hey, go down south. We're going to start coming in on the north. I mean, that's a far cry from the way Hamas handles things. Um, but why are they not taking people? Why are they not sending some aid? Uh, I mean, those are very valid questions. And to answer your first question, we are not obligated to send an aid to Gaza. It's because this president has, has this appeasement policy. 
And that was the one thing I even heard tonight. And, and I'm curious if you guys believe the same thing. I felt like he was like, well, I feel bad for the Palestinians. I feel bad for the Israelis. I feel bad for all good people, but I feel really bad for the Israelis right now. Guess what? Because they got slaughtered. You know, I mean, it's like he almost gave like equal footing and almost admonishing uh, the Israelis. So that I found defense to. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So Lauren just brought up some great points about why is it America's responsibility to give money now to the people of Gaza? It's not. It's Joe Biden's part of his appeasement policy. And if you heard some of his messages, he said, you know, Israel shouldn't, you know, basically make mistakes on rage. Well, they have a right to be enraged based on what just happened to them. This president's rhetoric seems to be all over the place and in the next half hour i'm going to play you his comments about iran and i want to hear what you think about it because i felt like his comments on iran i'm glad he mentioned the name because he never mentions the name but he just kind of sort of threw it as a castaway line it seemed like both times and didn't really have that george w bush moment Or that Reagan moment where you say, Iran, I want to look at you right now. If you touch one hair of an American, if you continue funding terrorism, we will eliminate you too. What about that? That's what those people need to hear. Thugs need to hear strength, clarity and strength. And we're hearing gray and wobbliness from this president. And that is a very dangerous place to be right now in the world. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, line two. Oh, Rita, if you're you're waiting for the George Bush, uh, Ronald Reagan moment from this amphetamined up potato, you're not going to get it. So forget about that. That that ain't going to happen. Yeah, it's not. I'm glad he was awake. I mean, you know, barely. Right. I just wanted to quickly thank you, Rita, for uh, dedicating uh, the morning after uh, for me and Jacqueline the other night. That was really sweet. I really oh, appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. You. Norm, we love you and we appreciate you. And um, okay. and we'll have to find a Debbie Boone song, too, because you did mention her. Yeah, I screwed up on that one. It wasn't Debbie Boone. Anyway, yeah, anyway, but, listen. But you I'm, light up look. my life, Norm, so that's okay, you know? That's, oh, my <laughs> God. Well, you light up my life, Rita. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, look, Biden's week. The uh, beginning with the abandonment of our troops at the Bagram Air Base, his handling of China, the border, uh, leading up to the present Iran deal, which has set up our strongest ally for Israel for horror. Um, There was a physical culture writer named Bernard McFadden, who in the early 20th century said weakness is a crime. Now, that wasn't meant for politics, but I think it's very apropos for our present world situation. So weakness is a crime and uh, That's all I have to say, Rita. Yeah, no, those are great points. Weakness is a crime, and it begets weakness. Let's go to Larry. Line five, Larry, your thoughts about Biden's speech. Yes, I just want to um, clarify that. She she did make some good points, Lauren. I think that was her name. Yes. Um, And the the answer is not that the reason that uh, she is very right. Why why should we be the one to step forward? It's because um, the Palestinians are being used as proxies by the other countries, so they don't want them helped. 
They want to keep them in a di- as dire situation as possible to get world opinion against Israel. So it's not even a question of, of even if they would care. They, they won't care because they're being used as proxies. That's absolutely right. They're being used as pawns. They want to have sort of a frustrated, angry Palestinian population. But I just hope they realize it's their leadership that's causing it. It's Hamas. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Tennessee, where at Arnold Air Force Base in Murfreesboro, they welcome veterans from the Tennessee Valley Healthcare System for a day of food and activities as part of a veteran salute. Now, they said that they are, quote, honored to have so many veterans from so many different walks of life in the local community who were able to come to this event. The organizer said, these are the stories that we want to make sure that our younger generations fully understand and fully appreciate. Arnold Air Force Base personnel were on hand to volunteer by serving veterans a meal along without, along with handing goodie bags out with lots of patriotic memorabilia and other things. And the organizer also said it's very exciting to bring these veterans down from the veterans' home and thank them for their years of service. We want to let them know that they are very important to us, and we always, always appreciate them. One of the organizers, by the way, is the daughter of a Vietnam veteran, and she said, these events mean so much. I know what my father went through, and this is a way to welcome all of them home and appreciate their deep, deep, incredible service to our country. Well, we are talking about President Biden and really his message of appeasement. I want to play back also. Here's a comment of him talking about the money that he's going to give to Gaza. But he says, no, 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 don't worry. It's not going to end up in Hamas's hands. The people of Gaza urgently need food, water and medicine. Yesterday, in discussions with the leaders of Israel and Egypt, I secured an agreement for the first shipment of humanitarian assistance from the United Nations to Palestinian civilians in Gaza. Hamas does not divert or steal this shipment. These shipments, we're going to provide an opening for sustained delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians. And you just heard what he said. He said, indeed, they are sending $100 million. I think it's the wrong move, and I think it continues this message of appeasement from this president. And obviously, you want to help the good people. You want to help people that are caught in the crosshairs of all of this. But sending now aid at a time where there are other countries that should be sending aid, and you cannot guarantee that Hamas is not going to get some of that money, if not all of that money. And that's why this is so, so dangerous. Biden's not getting anything in return. He's not getting any of the hostages in return. He's not getting anything for Israel in return. I'm not hearing anything. So why is he doing this? It just seems to be par for the course with this message of appeasement at the wrong time. 
Strength and clarity is what is needed now. And this president is waffling all over the place. He continues to barely call out Iran. He didn't call out Iran until his Oval Office address. He did it twice. But it was very tepidly when he did it. He kind of like did it as a throwaway line. Where is that moment where he looks in the camera and says, don't touch the hair of a single American or any of our allies either? The world needs strength. He's right when President Biden said the world looks to America for leadership. The question is, is he meeting the moment? And I don't think he is. I think he is emitting gray. He's emitting fumbly and bumbly. He's allowing appeasement. He's continuing Iran. I didn't hear anything in his address where he said, we are going to make sure that they do not get any more money on oil sales. Cut the head off at the snake and say, you don't get any more money. He didn't say anything that threatened Iran, that made Iran feel, "Uh uh-oh, we better worry. It was very tepid. It was very soft. And it's not hard enough when you are dealing with people that are monsters and that wish America and Israel and other freedom-loving people ill. You have to take it head on, and you have to be clear and concise. And I'm not sure if this president knows how to do that. I haven't seen it yet, and I think we're in a really dangerous, dangerous period. When the world sees America waffling, that is really treacherous, not just for America, but for the world. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. As I mentioned, Iran was sort of this little throwaway line to the president. It was very clear. Here he did, though, mention Iran. I was shocked that he even threw it out. I didn't even know if he knew how to say it or spell it. But here he is when he mentioned Iran just a few hours ago. Beyond Europe... We know that our allies and maybe most importantly our adversaries and competitors are watching. They're watching our response in Ukraine as well. And if we walk away and let Putin erase Ukraine's independence, would-be aggressors around the world be emboldened to try the same? The risk of conflict and chaos could spread in other parts of the world, in the Indo-Pacific, in the Middle East, especially in the Middle East. Iran is is supporting Russia in Ukraine and it's supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region. And we'll continue to hold them accountable, I might add. I have to play that again, just because it was that last line that is stunning to me. We have to hold them accountable, I might add. We'll continue to, in other words. Is there anybody out there that thinks that this president is holding Iran accountable? Listen to it again. You got This is like a jaw-dropper. Beyond Europe... We know that our allies and maybe most importantly our adversaries and competitors are watching. They're watching our response in Ukraine as well. And if we walk away and let Putin erase Ukraine's independence, would-be aggressors around the world be emboldened to try the same? The risk of conflict and chaos could spread in other parts of the world, in the Indo-Pacific, in the Middle East, especially in the Middle East. Iran is, is supporting Russia in Ukraine. And it's supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region. And we'll continue to hold them accountable, I might add. We'll continue to hold them accountable, I might add. That, to me, is a shocker. There is nothing about this president's policies that seems 
to be holding them accountable. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line six. Pete, uh, your thoughts. When you hear him say, we'll keep holding them accountable, that is a bunch of hogwash. Rita, he isn't holding anybody accountable. He's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and then he's even talking out of his chin. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, he, uh, Israel has to move in and take care of business because the longer that they delay, the more other countries are going to get involved. And they got just surrounded by four enemies. Now, there's a lot of Palestinians that really don't believe in what's going on. They wish to be friends with Israel. There are some, and they're trapped in there because I talked to a Palestinian friend of mine, and he said to me, I says, don't you realize that they're treating you like dogs? He says, no, they're treating us like dirt. And you know what? After talking to him, I kind of understand that, that dirt, but the whole thing is. By, by the way, Pete, be... your friend, you said he's a Palestinian, right? Yes. I wish, yes. I wish, I, I, there has to be a way that the good people that are Palestinian, like your friend, and, and people that I know uh, who are Palestinian, uh, that there's some way to create that huge wedge between them and Hamas. Um, I mean, I realize that they're living, you know, in a regime where they don't want them to leave. They're blocking them in. They're also only giving them the kind of information on the media and airwaves that they want to provide. So it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like in certain places like Russia, you only hear like state media. You don't hear uh, freedom of thought. So I realize right. they're, they're sort of indoctrinated. But uh, but there's got to be a way to get them galvanized against their own regime, because like you just said, it's not in their interest. But I, I understand why they're afraid to rise up, even if they have power in numbers, because these people are so ruthless. They'll kill their own people. They don't care. Right. They're using them as human shields. And this whole thing, only 77 WABC, you and your other uh, news people there and uh, DJs and everybody, only great people, are reporting a little on uh, on the Ukraine. I mean, I don't hear nothing about the Ukraine on anything. I mean, now I don't even put on any channels for news for TV because it's all propaganda. But you're the only people reporting on the Ukraine. I mean, it's like everything went away. It's just on page six. You know? and, and you know the sad thing is, Pete, um, you hit a very powerful point because Ukraine certainly has not gone away. And Biden, uh, you know, is trying to get more funds for it, as we heard tonight, lumping the two together. But Putin is probably the happiest guy in the world right now uh, because he's taking advantage of our eyes on the Middle East. And look, we obviously have to have a big eye on Israel and protect Israel. There's no question. Uh, but uh, that really scares me that he's going to use this opportunity because, you know, he is in cahoots with Iran. He's in cahoots with China, North Korea. It's that axis of evil with all of those guys working together, coordinating. And he's thrilled of what's going on now because it takes away uh, from what he's doing in Ukraine, um, even though Ukraine is still obviously fighting a very, very heroic fight. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you got it. You cannot take your eyes off all of these things because they're all hot spots, sadly, right now around the globe. And this president, he owns it. He came in saying, oh, you know, I'm going to be peaceful. I'm going to be this. Uh, under President Trump, uh, it was a really a relatively peaceful world. There were accords between Israel 
and Arab countries. Look at what was happening with them with the Abraham Accords. What a different place. I'll take a mean tweet any day of the week, uh, you know, than what's going on right now in Ukraine and what's going on in Israel. And, you know, the world is a really scary place in a very short period of time. And that's what happens when you have American weakness and you have bad guys who take advantage of it. Pete, thank you very, very much. It was really interesting to hear what your friend uh, is saying. Let's go to another Rita in New Jersey. Go ahead, Rita. Hi, how are you? I'm good, um, my namesake. There's not that many of us out there. We got a bandy together. Here, here. Um, okay, so uh, um, a few things. First of all, I'm wondering why is Biden giving $100 million to a place that says death to America? That's absolutely ridiculous. And the second thing, you never hear the news saying, well, if the terrorists give the hostages back, they will turn the water and electric back on. So what are they waiting for? Just all we hear is Israel is being impossible and created a humanitarian crisis. You know, uh, two points. First off, the last one I'll tell you is that, you know, a lot of this is obviously massive propaganda by Hamas and they are masters at the propaganda game. And sadly, there are people in the world buying it just like they bought that uh, they had something to do with the hospital explosion. Even though Al Jazeera, as I said first here on the air, because I remember watching it and seeing the footage, you could see it clear as day. Al Jazeera, of all places, which is not like the best friend of Israel, showed the footage of this rocket coming from inside Gaza, errantly hitting down right by the hospital. Uh, But the Arab world used it to say, oh, look, Israel's attacking us. So that's what they're up against. There's a huge propaganda machine. That's one. The other one, I agree with you. Biden shouldn't give them a dime, not a dime. We still have American hostages in there and Israelis, too. The Israelis were saying they believe 203 hostages are in Hamas hands tonight. They killed more than a thousand Israelis. They killed 32 Americans now is the new count. I mean, what are we waiting for? And you're going to give them money and make it sound like, what is, what is he paying off for? What is he doing the money for there? And how can he prove that it's not going to end up in Hamas's hands because they control Gaza Strip? If they control who comes in and out of Gaza, I think they can control the money. I think this is a pathetic thing that this president is doing. He should say, stop, just like you said. He could say, hey, listen, we'll give you some money for this if you let go of the hostages. And I would say get let go of the Americans and the Israelis and all the others, obviously, all the 203. Then maybe we can start talking. But until then, forget it. But this president doesn't have the guts to do it, Rita. And that's why this world's in trouble with this president. Your thoughts, Rita. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. And I, I you know, I'm also thinking um why do we have to be like, why does Israel have to be a humanitarian and give them days to prepare some kind of uh, extra attack or how just how they're going to strategize? Um, did they did the terrorists say, leave the kibbutz so we can fight your army? No, they just shot and killed everyone. That's a great point. They gave them zero notice. And I wonder why the delay. I mean, there were some reports at first that there was a cloudy day. I think it was Saturday was cloudy. Sunday was nice there. Um, But I wonder if President Biden said, listen, let's go over and talk. Um, You know, there were reports that the Biden administration and others were telling Israel to go slow. 
And you almost heard that a little bit even in a speech tonight when he said, don't get filled with rage, like almost admonishing um, Israel and saying, don't make the same mistakes we did after 9-11. Well, you know, you could contend that that going into Iraq and some other things uh, were far reaching. But I don't think there's anybody and I hope there's nobody here who would think it's a mistake to go after Osama bin Laden uh, and try to root out Al Qaeda. Um, and and do it with everything you have. Uh, and that's what America tried to do. It took a long time to finally get them, but we did finally get them. Uh, and I don't think that's rage. I think that's justice. And I think whatever Israel does uh, is justice, too. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So what kind of score would you give Joe Biden tonight? I thought he was waffly, and I thought he spent a lot of time on Ukraine, which obviously is still a flashpoint. But I think the world is so concerned right now as they are literally on the verge of what appears to be an invasion of Gaza. We hear, we're hear we hearing now that the Israeli defense minister is telling his troops, you've gotten the green light, be ready. You're going to start seeing Gaza from the ground. Remember, they've been hitting them from the skies. So there is so much going on right now there. And he just kind of glossed it over. And it almost makes you feel like he's trying to use Israel to get the funding for Ukraine. That's how it felt the speech tonight, because it was apparently a speech that was prepared about Ukraine, and then he kind of wove in Israel. And granted, uh, they are both extremely important, but I felt he should have spent more time talking about what's going on in the ground in Israel. Uh, he talked about that it was horrific scenes. I would have loved for him to tell a few stories of some of the things that he saw and some of the families that he got to meet, tell some personal stories about Israel. So those people, even, you know, the few crazy members of Congress or the few people that are protesting outside of schools or places like that go, wow, put a human face to it. I felt like he missed the moment, and that is really, really tragic. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Uh, let's go to Frank in Ontario. Frank, uh, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. Love talking to you. Like I said, um, this all of your callers have been pretty much dead on. Especially Aaron, your first caller. That was amazing. Um, yeah, wasn't that incredible, Frank? You know, to hear from an Israeli fighter, they are maybe hours, minutes away from going in. And um, and just to hear him say, you know, also just, you know, how they're, he's scared. He said, I'm scared. We're nervous. Yeah. You know, they're going into the eye yeah. of the storm. Oh, my God. Like, can you picture yourself in that position? I mean, uh, all your callers have been great. They've been dead on. As for Biden's speech, what a joke. He's a puppet. I've said it all along. And it's just ridiculous that you want to give $100 million, and your last caller, I believe it was, you want to give $100 million to the Palestinian people to get intercepted and 
nothing said about Iran. Little little click, like you replayed it a couple of times. Yeah, it was like an aside. The way he said it was so insignificant. Yes, and it's like these are the people that are causing this. And like I was around back then in uh, 78, 79, Mr. Jimmy Carter or whatever, 76, and they took the hostages. And what they do? What did he do? What happened to him? You know what? You were energy independent. Your economy was flourishing. So was ours. Until Mr. Biden and his crew took over the White House, which I still believe was fixed. And I'm, I'll never change that opinion. And can we please stop looking at Pelosi? Enough of her. And this Tlaib, I would... If if she was born in America, that's fine. But I would deport her immediately if I could. I'm telling you, it it is outrageous. It it is stunning, Frank, that we have somebody who's a member of Congress that says the most vile and despicable comments uh, against Israel, uh, and ha- still hasn't taken off of her uh, Twitter feeds uh, all these comments about Israel hitting the hospital when it's not true. But but she continues it. it it's just. It is disgusting and it's shameful. Um, let's go to Vicki in West Virginia. Uh, Vicki, your thoughts tonight. Hi, Rita. I just wanted to say about our aid to um, Hamas, the way the, the Palestinian people. The Bible says, and the Jewish people know this and believe it too, and so does the United States. God has mercy on those who are merciful. Absolutely. What's your, by the way, what's your message for Israel tonight? My it, my message for Israel is God will fight for them. They will have victory. Well, let's keep them all in our prayers. Um, I am thinking of Aaron. I don't know if you're still listening to us right there in Israel on the Gaza border. Uh, you and your men and women, you are heroes. And we are praying for you tonight as the invasion may be hours, minutes, days away. Uh, but America's with you. We're with you. And we'll talk about this tomorrow, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.